Hello and welcome to The Scaling Edge. This is the internet talk program that focuses on the hard-won lessons from battle-hardened entrepreneurs trying to convey a piece of value or two to you. Very special show, extremely special show. We have Luke here. But um, we also have Roger. Now, Roger brought something very interesting, a very boring, um, uh, completely uh, monotonous subject nobody ever wants to deal with unless they absolutely have to. He is uh, certified to represent you in an audit against the IRS. So the last thing you want to do is deal with an audit whatsoever, but it's required that you actually have to do it yourself unless you have Roger. Roger, welcome to Scaling Edge. Thank you for being a part of our program. We appreciate it. Max, you come on over here and fix the camera, dude. It's totally cool. It's Saturday. We have Saturday. So we we save the best for Saturday. Roger, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you kind of got into this crazy space of representing people uh, in their audits? Well, it, it, it kind of came by um, an accident, you know, of circumstances. During the 90s, um, I was hired. I was with multiple corporations. And the 90s were the uh, decade of downsizing for major corporations. And they would just start eliminating positions. And I worked for three different companies and had my position eliminated three times. I said, I don't know what the hell I want to do after this, whether I want to go back to that. What was your position that kept getting eliminated? Well, I worked for software support for IBM for a while. Uh, I got into document imaging for a while with a couple different companies. And and um, then you I realized, had, uh, my, hey, tax it, taxes are never going away. That sounds like no, a no. I didn't realize that. I was I didn't know what the, what I wanted to do at that point. I said, do I want to back in the corporate world? Do I want to go back into uh, my own business again or whatever? And somebody suggested I just go take this tax course and get a part time job, just you know, to have something to do in the meantime until I figured out what I wanted to do. And I found out I liked it. I found out I liked it in particular with my business background. I really enjoyed working with small business people. <laughs> Can and, we just stop? Because nobody likes it. Nobody likes dealing ooh. with tax. People that do tax stuff don't even like themselves. In fact, like, how did you end up like dealing with, like, you just woke up one day and you're like, ah, there's not enough bureaucracy in my life. I think I could use more of that. It's not necessarily that. The point is, I enjoy helping people. Okay. You know? okay. And with a business background, I enjoy helping educate and uh, save others uh, in the business world money. In fact, you know, I people say, would they compare me to an accountant? I says, I can't think of anything more boring in the world than being an accountant because you just sit with numbers all day. But taxes now, it's like, how do I use the IRS laws? against the IRS for my client mm. in the game. And it's a high stakes game because the number one of the number one expenses of any business is how much tax they pay. And the more I can save them, the more they keep in their pocket. It's a, that's why I enjoy them. So you don't just wait for people to be audited. You work with them before that. Oh, no, I have close to 500 clients. How do you manage uh, every, I work a lot of hours. <laughs> it is, it's, it's, yeah. During tax season, you know, you work like 50 hour, 50, 60 hour weeks, you know, to get that many. Uh, and not all of them are business clients. Um, I'd say about 25% are actual business clients. I also work with people uh, that have their real estate and all that stuff also. 
So you you provide tax services for your business and individual clients. So can you right. like walk me through a, a company or scenario that you've worked with where you've really made a meaningful impact on their business that they wouldn't get anywhere else? Well, you know, the thing about it is that you really, people, business, business people need to educate themselves. A lot of people say, well, I'm just going to hire an accountant or a tax professional. They just take care of it for me. This is what I hear from business people all the time. The problem is not all business people and tax preparers are created equal, and a lot of them don't know what they're doing. And I've corrected the mistakes to show it. But on the other hand, I can I can uh, analyze a person where they're at in their business and what uh, legal structures they should be under. Uh, and, and their tax structures, corresponding tax structures for that. For instance, last year, last tax season, I had a, a new client that she was a home chef and she became wildly successful, made over a hundred grand her first year, which was pretty remarkable. But she was filing as a sole proprietorship and, um, I was, and she would have owed $6,500 in taxes. And so I was able to restructure her business. She came into me. With, at a time I could do it. And uh, when we got done restructuring it, she actually had a $3,000 refund. So it saved her a ton of money. And then I got her uh, set up with the proper bookkeeping. I got her set up with the proper payroll. And I taught her how she should be running her business to maximize her profits and minimize her taxes. That's what I do. And I not only do it the tax guess, I say, you know, there are so many people out there that need to know this information and I can only reach so many. Of people sitting in front of me. So I've actually designed and written courses that teach people all the stuff they need to know. So what are the top three things that people need to know? So that well, there's, they- there's, yeah, if, if you want to build a solid foundation under your business, there's three things you need to know. You need to know what your, your options of your legal formats are here in this country. You need to know how to organize your paper so you're keeping track of it properly to minimize your tax structure, and you need to know what the tax consequences of all the things are. Um, and that's the things that I teach in my courses. But uh, anybody, this is good for anybody. Uh, and the other thing I tell people is that people say, well, why should I learn all of this? Well, number one, if you want to be the best business person in the world, these are things you need to know. And should you hire a, a, a tax accountant? Did you hire a bookkeeper? Absolutely. So at some point, you don't. Your business is going to be successful enough. You don't have time to do that on yourself. But how do you interview them? How do you know you're getting a good one or not? I mean, if you were in a plumbing business and you went to hire a plumber, would you not interview that plumber to know if they knew what they were doing? Absolutely. And people, small business people, don't realize that when you go to hire a, an accountant or a tax professional, you need to interview them the same as you would any other employee. You're hiring them to handle your money for goodness sakes. And so if you don't know the basics of the law and the tax structures and the paperwork, how are you going to interview that person? And that's what I find. That's part of your service as you go help like almost a, a tax individual review person to say, does this person actually know what they're doing? Are they saying I, so you're uh-huh. an advisor in that perspect? In that respect, where you look at not just the infrastructure, but the people who are managing and setting up that infrastructure and saying, uh, this is my opinion on those people. Correct. Correct. 
I mean, I have a, I inherit people that have, you know, their, their accounts is retired or their tax repairs retired. And I inherit these people. And I, of course, to do a proper job, a tax repair has to sit down and learn your business. They have to learn your business. If they're not sitting down and talking to you, find somebody else. Uh, what I find is so many people, uh, they just hand the, their, all the receipts and everything over to, and to the uh, CPA or whatever. And, they say, well, we'll call you when we're done without ever talking to them. And that, that person doesn't care about your business. You know, if you, if you want to get a good CPA or accountant or tax professional, they're going to have to sit down. They need to talk to you. They need to learn your business. They need to learn what you want out of your business and where you're projected to go in your business. Then they can advise you properly and do the work for you properly. And too many people forget this, that you have to go through that process. And audits are terrible. Heard. They're the worst. Well, they're, they're just... not. They're not. They're not fun. <laughs> if you know the tax law and you prepare, uh, you know, like then. I mean, the, the, going the, to an, what yeah. I would want to do is pass it off and just not ever do it, and then you can go deal with it, right? That's that's what you do. Correct. You go, Hi, Correct. I'm here. You know, and, and I don't say something stupid, which, you know, is in my natural state of being. Is I just say whatever I feel like, but like if I'm going to court. I'm not going to want to represent myself. Why would I represent myself in an audit? Why wouldn't That's I get true. someone that knows what they're speaking of? Both Luke and I live here in Puerto Rico. And so we take advantage of, I'm sure you've heard of the Act 22 or Act 60 tax advantages of Puerto Rico. No? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, what's your thoughts on those? Well, you know, I, I've, I've done Puerto Rico uh, returns before, although a few years ago they shut that down. Uh, U.S. taxpayers can no longer do Puerto Rico returns. It has to be a tax repair that lives in Puerto Rico. That's true. However, yeah. there are people in Puerto Rico that own companies in the States. And when the people in Puerto Rico get audited, they get audited largely by the federal government. You can represent yes. them, right? If it's in the States, yes, absolutely. I think you're moving to Puerto Rico because there's a lot of people here going to get audited. Lots. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. I I could probably believe that. Where where are you they're, calling they're, from? Where are you out of? I'm out of Tampa, Florida. Oh, okay, that's a quick flight. See yeah. you next week. <laughs> it's been a few years since I've been over there. Yeah. Luke, you ever bump up? Like, does this keep you up at night at all? The tax stuff? Is it ever any? any is it ever just? It's just like it's something you got to deal with. Luke's a content creator, so he he actually figures out how to create content that people actually want to watch. Oh, I've created content, but most people don't want to watch it because <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to talk about taxes and legal structures and things like that, even as bad as they need to know it. Now, it's a terribly boring subject, as we stated, but I don't think people know that people like you exist, that they can stand in front of them in between the threat of an audit. Right. Because that's what they don't want to deal with. They're running their business. They're running their lives. They have their kids. They have what's going on with them. And it's uh, and it's more than most people can handle. So when you add in, a, OK, let's now go explain every receipt. It's just a, it's it's a it's terror. Right. And I think that's largely the way the system is set up is to keep people in terror. So if they can say, well, here's Roger. Uh, Roger's got some sadomasochism thing going on where he actually really <laughs> likes this business. Let's throw him in there and let, let him just 
absorb and answer and represent, that sounds like that could give a lot of comfort to a lot of people. It does. It really does. Because, I mean, one of the scariest things that people generally get is the IRS letter. And um, the first thing they do is get on the phone and say, help. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're scary. But, you know, if you if you get the right people working for you, it can be handled. And then you and and I've often found that an ounce of prevention is a pound of cure. So what what does the prevention look like? What if somebody's made a whole bunch of mistakes in the past and they don't quite know what they're doing? You actively approach. How do you actively approach cleaning up any mistakes they've done? Any way they've and structured? That's a, yeah, life? that's a matter of education. Uh, I have to do an analysis of what they've done in the past to find out what they're doing wrong to advise them what to go forward. Now, there's some things that it depends how far back. There are some things that are better. Let's not touch this. There are some things that if it would favor my client and I could get them additional refunds back or something, then okay, let's play with past years and, and clean them up and get you some more money. Um, if there's things that are, you know, kind of in between gray areas, there's a lot of gray areas in the law. Um, then I leave them alone usually. But my job is to analyze what they've done, where they're going and to advise them how to do it. I, 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 a lot of times I just have to sit down and make a list. This is what you need to bring me, and this is how you need to bring it to me. And a lot of times, especially for, well, even the experienced ones, a lot of times it usually takes three years of working with a client before they have it down and they have an understanding of the way things should work. You know, because they're used to doing things one way or their way, and this is a world that does, you know, the, the thing about the IRS and what a lot of people don't understand about the IRS, they don't care about the money. They could care less about the money. All they care about is the paperwork and if the paperwork is done right or not. That's what they care about, you know. And as an example of that, you know, anyway, that's, the, counter the penalty, to every, that's counter to everything I've ever heard. I've heard that they're true and they need to they need to put up the numbers. and They need to justify things. They need to just well, the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Point. I mean, the, 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 the numbers are just a scorecard, you know, it, but to, to, to show you how much more the, the paperwork is uh, to the money, the penalties for not filing a balance due return on time is 10 times more than the penalty for not paying it. Wow. Seriously. If you owe money at the end of the year on your tax return and you don't file it on time, the penalty is 10 times more than not paying it. So I said to people, so if, if you, you don't have money, money at least file it. it. If you have the money and you pay it, okay, great. No but if you don't file yeah. it correctly, it's 10 times, the penalty is 10 times more. 10 times the penalty of not paying it, yeah. Why it's do crazy they that. paperwork so much? You have to ask. You have to ask Congress that, because uh, they passed the laws that create all this nonsense. The the penalty for the paperwork is ten times more than the money. Mm hmm. So I tell people, you know, even if you can't pay it now and you owe money, file the paperwork. They'll work the money out with you. They'll put you on a payment plan, whatever it takes. But the one thing they won't take away is the penalty for not filing it on time. 
Well, I would say that's a golden nugget, if nothing else. Luke, any question? What about the uh, what about the IRS exemption on first-time non-filers to exempt themselves from the potential penalty? That ah. The IRS will, and most people don't know this, but they will give you a first-time forgiveness for messing up and uh, not filing on time. They will. You can ask for an abatement of your, you know, they'll only do it once though. You know, after that, if you do it again, you're going to pay. But most people don't know you can ask for forgiveness, you know? Tell that to my former wife. Can you, can you help, <laughs> can you help forgive some people or no? I think people are going to need some forgiveness. What do you think, Brooks? I think we all need forgiveness. Lord knows I do. I'm asking forgiveness for how much I bashed your profession at the beginning. Sorry about that. You are far more exciting than I thought you were going to be, Roger. Well, look, I think <laughs> a lot of people are going to need your help. Um, I think the the you know some of the nuggets you've dropped today are, are very helpful. Asking for forgiveness, great stuff, Luke. That's nice. People don't know. People don't know. So it's like a hey, I'm sorry I didn't know that. That's a that's a mulligan you get. But um, I, I the the fact that if if somebody gets that scary letter, they can hand it off to you. It would give it a lot of comfort to a lot of people, especially with what's coming down the pike now with all the different changes and, and challenges. So, Roger, how do people find you? And we'll throw it in the show notes. But how do people get a hold of you if they want your help? I have a, I have a corporate website. It's uh, seagulltechnologies.com. Seagull spelled like the bird. There's a whole story behind that. Um, and I have links to everything I do. I have all kinds of free training on my site. I have links to paid training, in-depth college-level courses on all this stuff. I have a YouTube channel, and it's got links to everything from there. That's amazing. So we will link uh, seagulltechnologies.com? Correct. And we'll we'll throw that in the show notes. Roger, thank you for being a part of our program. Thank you for sharing your insight today. Thank you for being on Scaling Edge. And uh, Luke, thank you also for being here. It's a real, uh, real pleasure. And uh, we will see you soon. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you.